0: Good morning again, guys. Excited again to bring you one more of a series of episodes of training that I did with a group the other week inside of our masterclass for those who are interested in taking a peek behind the curtain at our mastermind, our 12-month program, where we're really teaching online entrepreneurs how to grow and scale million-dollar businesses like we have. And one of the topics we discussed that can be making or breaking you is how to close more high ticket services. Many people come into the business of online entrepreneurship with a great idea, a great product, a great service, but they have zero skill set in how to actually sell their product so today, we're going to be unpacking for you some core concepts around sales. And I'll tell you, it was so action-packed. I was not able to get through all of the content that I wanted to in the hour that I had. Now, if you love what you hear and you listen to this today and you want to inquire more about our exclusive mastermind, you can certainly reach out to us at info at burnout to all Take a listen, see if there are some things that you need to uncover around psychology of sales that you could be doing differently because potentially you're leaving money on the table. So check it out. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi million dollar online business. And you're listening to the burnout to all out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. Who else is ready to close more high-ticket sales? We're going to talk about the psychology of high-ticket sales today, and yes, this is my... Mom of three, work from home, husband's out of town. Look on day three of a webinar. I love my little do-rags. I haven't washed me in a couple of days, but I'm here and I can make a million dollars and so can you, right? So <laughs> that's just the way it works around here. If you hear some noise, I've got contractors everywhere. I've got people cleaning the house, which is I'm grateful for, but there, there might be some moving and shaking around here. Here's the deal. Some of you have actually known me for a while. Some of you, if you if you don't know, or uh, we haven't elaborated a whole lot, I came from corporate, right? I came from a corporate role. I spent time in sales. I spent time in marketing. actually spent, spent time in scientific writing and medical writing as well. But here's the thing. My starting years, my ability to quickly grow my business, all of my businesses, really is because I learned how to sell, Okay. And I learned how to sell with my first e-commerce business. I crushed it very quickly in two years. I then shifted and started selling this LinkedIn program. We crushed it, started selling our mastermind. We crushed it. Why? Why were we able to why were we able to grow businesses so quickly? I will say this till I'm blue in the face. It doesn't matter how good your product or service is. If you don't know how to sell it, you're gonna fall flat, right? I quickly learned, and I want you guys to write this down. I quickly learned that selling is serving, okay? I hope that we have some mindset shifts today about that, okay? Selling is serving, okay? The transformation for the client, it comes in the form of a financial transaction. We're going to talk about this today. We're really going to unpack it. Their level of commitment to change is directly tied to the financial transaction, okay? That's directly tied, right? I can give you, you, know, when you, when you undersell or short sell a client, you fail them, okay? You guys can write that down too if you want. If you undersell or short sell a client, you fail them. Okay, I'm going to give you some examples. We see it in our academy all the time. We were just talking about it the other day. Once a launch, we actually give out a scholarship to our academy. One lucky soul gets to come in at 50% price. And it's an incredible marketing strategy. We do it every year. We do it because it's a challenge that whom shares the most on social media, our program, is raffled off for a scholarship in the program. So it's a really awesome referral-based marketing that we talked about yesterday, right? Getting your content in front of as many human beings as possible, which is awesome. However, what we have found is the person who gets the scholarship nearly every time tends to not finish the modules, not show up to all the workshops, and not be fully committed. Okay, I want you guys to hear me. When you undersell or sell short a client, you fail them because the skin in the game is what makes them take radical action. Okay. If you guys heard my story once, you've heard it a million times. My own transformation and launching my own coaching business occurred when I was sold a coaching package that nearly made me throw up. Okay. I paid. $12,000 for a one-on-one coach six-month coaching session with a field expert who was a, she had created her own personal brand and was a coach. And I, I knew she knew what I needed to know to get to where I needed to go, right? It was a lot of money for me to hand over, a lot. And you know what? It didn't matter what she told me to do in those 45 minutes every other week. You better bet I did it. Even if I thought it was stupid, it was like the first thing on my list after I got off my calls with her. I did everything she told me to do. Why? Because the stakes were so freaking high to get my ROI. I knew by the end of the year, when we did our taxes, my husband was going to be like, "What is this twelve grand? What was that in where? What was that invested in? Right? And if I didn't have an ROI on it to explain that it was worth the investment." I was up shit screen, right? (laughs) Okay? It's the best thing that ever could have happened to me. So I want you, those of you who sell high ticket, I want you to know in your soul that selling is serving and standing in your power at your price point and knowing that that is what's creating skin in the game to create transformation for your client is key. Okay? So... I want to ask you guys a question you guys can share in the chat. How many of you guys right now want to charge more for your services today than you do right now? How many of you would like to charge or for your programs, for your products? You know you deserve it, but you haven't quite built the the confidence to ask for more. I want to know in the chat. Okay, Bree says me. Kathleen says me. Okay, my goal, Fiona, yes, Lee, my goal by the end of this, Mel, is that you have the confidence that you need to price your program for more, and that you have some verbiage and some structure in a call with a prospective client that's going to help you gain more high ticket sales and close them, right? And Michelle, I know she's in our mastermind. We're going to be doing a deep dive and a role play on this really soon inside of our mastermind. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so I want you guys, in my own experience selling high ticket over the past two years, I want you guys to write this down. This is really, really important. And I'll take this with me to the grave. And it's why I continually reinvest myself. High ticket sales is all about how the investment... And the transaction is for a lifetime value, okay? Not a transaction for the moment. It's not even a transaction for the year. High ticket investments are a lifetime value. You may be saying, well, how? Why? I want you to think about your own programs what you have to offer. What I can tell you from my experience in high-ticket programs, the skills you learn from high-ticket investments and the relationships you build, they, they go with you. You take them with you for years to come, right? And so a couple of examples. You may see a relationship in a group that you invest in that turns into a business transaction years later. This is what I'm talking about being a lifetime investment. Or you could invest in a high-ticket program and you reap the ROI immediately through instant coaching that makes the transformation and instant connection with someone else in the business. I'm gonna give you two examples. And this is why I am a huge advocate of it being a lifetime investment. I even feel that way about my academy it's more mid-level ticket. It's you know just at $4,000. But the skills set our clients learn, they can take with them and apply to any other business for the next number of years. It's not an immediate transaction that they're getting an ROI on just today, tomorrow, or the six months that they're in the program. This is a lifelong skill set that they have for life, right? The two examples I wanted to give you guys, relationships. They may come to you quickly. They may come to you later in life as a total business transaction. Um, I was in a mastermind last year. A girlfriend, Rebecca Cafiera, who's also an online entrepreneur, reached out to me a year after the mastermind is over and she's I'm flying out to Palm Springs next week to be on stage and coach to her community, right? That is an example. I invested $18,000 in that mastermind two years ago. And now I'm on stage two years later. I'm not even in that program anymore. But that relationship... Has lasted me a lifetime. Another example of mastermind I'm in right now in the midst of being in the mastermind, they asked me to get on stage and they asked me to coach and deliver on LinkedIn. That was an instant ROI on being in the mastermind, right? Because I instantly actually gave a lot of customers because they put me on stage to teach methods that people wanted to learn about right? So I want you, if you didn't write it down, I want you to remember, and I want you to write down that high ticket sales is about how the investment and the transaction is for a lifetime value. You need to convince yourself that what you have to offer is a lifetime value. It's not for today. It's not for tomorrow. It's for life. Okay. Now the first thing, this is where tough love Melissa comes in, right? The first thing that you must understand as far as sales go, is that you must take ownership, period. You must take ownership that your ability to sell today is impacting your business. It's either impacting you positively or it's impacting you negatively, okay? Your ability to sell today, you may be leaving lots of money on the table. The good news, what's the good news about this? That can be changed, right? It can totally be changed and learned in the skill set. And again, I truly believe that coming into entrepreneurship with a background and understanding the psychology of selling, which we're going to talk about, allowed me to grow so quickly. We have to be able to master selling. Okay. You can, the good news is, you can improve your sales skills literally today and start practicing them today. Who agrees? Is it different closing a forty-nine dollar sell over closing even a thousand-dollar program, ten thousand-dollar program, thirty thousand-dollar program? Is there a difference in psychology of selling someone between them? I see Fiona saying no. Anybody else? So I will tell you, I I truly believe there's a big difference in psychology. There is, and there isn't actually. The same psychology I used in my e-commerce business that was low risk, I still apply today where the stakes are much higher and the investments are higher. But there is a difference in understanding when people are more readily willing to purchase and why they purchase. But a lot of the anatomy and the structure of the questions to ask and how you serve in clarity with those potential clients are very similar okay so there's three things i believe that you have to know in sales to become successful and this is something you guys can definitely write down three things you must know number 1 who are they okay who are these people that you're trying to sell to number 2 where do they hang out Where do they hang out? How are you going to find them? Number three, how to have an authentic conversation when you find them. How to have an authentic conversation when you find them. Now, number one, who are they? We do a lot of work on that inside of our academy. We do a lot of that work inside of our mastermind. We're not going to cover that today. That's called avatar work. Number two, where do they hang out? That is, again, something we discussed in the program. But today, what we're going to talk about is number three, how to have an authentic conversation once you find them. Okay, that's what we're going to unpack today. But first, we're going to talk about two low ticket mistakes. Any of you guys a master at selling low ticket, but now you've kind of worked your way into something more of higher value? and you're kind of at a loss, right? Don't make these mistakes, okay? Low-ticket mistakes that will lose your high-ticket sell, okay? Number one, and I was a victim of this myself, okay? Over-teaching in the conversation, okay? Over-teaching in the conversation. I think this this concept is incredibly valuable. Chris Kinney I can attribute this concept to him. I learned it from him because I was doing it too. I was satiating prospects and preventing my purchase. Okay. I was getting into teaching mode and trying to show how much I knew and provide so much value on the clarity calls, the prospecting calls that by the time we were done with the consult, they were satisfied. Does that make sense? They're like, I'm go. That was so good. I'm good, right? Here, I think I'm showing my knowledge. And I'm like, the call went so well. Why aren't they investing? You're over teaching. You're over teaching. You're satiating your potential client. I've learned from that. I had a consult call the other day with a potential mastermind client. I knew exactly what she needed. I refrained from giving her any of it because I knew she would feel like she just got a free coaching session and she didn't need to come into the master room. Right. Okay. Is this making sense? Now here's a good question. Why are you over teaching? Right. For me, it was wanting to be in service, show my value, make these people feel as though they're progressing with me. But here's the thing. I want you guys to write this down. When you over teach, you prevent people. From making the purchase. And when they don't make the purchase, they don't get the transformation. And when they don't get the transformation, you don't get to serve. So here you're looking for this, Chris Kinney calls it the hug. Like you're looking for the hug on the front end with the call, but then you never get the hug on the back end because they never invest. You want to save the hug for after the transformation. You want people like Deirdre to come back to you when she's halfway through the mastermind and be like, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm in here. I've had so many ridiculous results because of it. And you guys are going to hear from her today, right? But if we gave her a big fat hug in the beginning and told her 12 things she could go do before she ever started, she may have never jumped in, right? I would have cut my nose off despite my face and I wouldn't have been able to serve her. Is this making sense for you guys? Share with me in the chat if you've ever been an overteacher. Share with me in the chat if you've ever been an overteacher, you've gotten excited and you just started vomiting. And then you're like, that call went so well. I don't know why they're not purchasing. (laughs) Like we could have virtually hugged, right? They don't feel the urgency. We're going to talk about that in a couple minutes. Okay. Number two, overexplaining. Now, what do I mean by overexplaining? When you give a thousand bullets on everything that your program, your business, your course has to offer, you go through everything you teach, you go through the ins and outs, you literally over explain and confuse and terrify people to consider committing to you, right? You guys want to hear how I describe our program on a consult call? You guys heard Jessica. It's an earful to really hear all the components of our program, right? Here's what I say. You know what? It's a mastermind where we meet every other week in a coaching group. You know, you get one-on-one coaching monthly with us for support that's customized on your journey. We've got a custom set of on-demand modules that we're going to specify which ones you should start with to jumpstart your business. Oh, and we have this live event to really get the community together and collaborate. And in 12 months, you'll have a business transformation, right? Did I tell you what was in the courses? No. Did I tell you the call schedule? No. Did I tell you who's coaching, when, what, where? No. Did I get into the bullets of the marketing and the sales and the all the things that are in our program? No. I keep it really simple. And then they can ask questions. A lot of people, I'm not a details person. When, when I'm ready to invest high level, I'm ready, right? When I got on my call with Chris Harder three weeks ago, to convince me, right? He literally like spent 15 minutes getting to know me. I asked like three or four questions. I was more concerned about when the events were than anything else because I wanted to make sure I could make them if I was investing in the program, right? The bottom line is it's a different type of sell, right? You're not in the business of convincing people at high ticket, and you certainly don't want to over-explain to a really busy person who doesn't have a lot of time to begin with. We want to keep it simple. And if they want to ask questions to unpack different categories, oh, that's interesting, Melissa, that you have coaching sessions every other week. What does that look like? Oh, okay. Now we can back up and I'll answer some questions around that. Okay. Once a month, that live coaching is new content that comes out based off of the needs of the group or a superstar guest speaker that we have. The other week of hot is hot seat coaching. We come to the group, everybody comes in and gets a chance to share their challenges, a think tank, they all learn, people come out learning and gaining things in quantum leaps because they're learning about each other's challenges. Okay, cool. You know, and then you move on, right? But you don't want to vomit all of that unless they're curious and want to learn more. Just to share every other week, coaching is good, right? Okay, is this making sense? All right, we talked about the two low-ticket mistakes, over-teaching, over-explaining. All right, there's actually four. I said two, didn't I? I already said this one, over-convincing. Have you ever overly convinced someone? I see Deirdre like shaking her head. I have learned now from years in business, I can... (laughs) In my early years, I didn't recognize when you're over convincing someone and dragging them through the sand, it always ended up being a really bad, like a really bad togetherness, right? Like when you have to convince people, right? If you have to convince them, we're not in the business of convincing, right? We want them to convince themselves, and we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. We want them to convince themselves through us asking the right questions, right? So that they sell themselves, not you. If you're still convincing people, you haven't asked the right questions. And I know Deirdre is masterful at this. She can actually probably even, she's great at closing people off of LinkedIn. She's a master coach inside of our academy, right? Okay. Okay. And there's a reason we have an application process for our program, because we are not in the business of convincing people. We want to find people who are seemingly as motivated to get coaching from us as we are to give it to them, right? We want to match their energy, okay? So we need to learn how to ask questions that help people convince themselves, because then when we spend time on a call asking them questions... They feel heard and they feel understood. I say this all the time. What do I say? People buy the perception that you understand their problem or challenge better than anyone. You'll never understand their problem or challenge if you don't dig and ask and peel the onion back with more questions. How come? Why is that? Tell me more about that. Right? We have to refrain from pouncing on the first opportunity to sell your shit and instead bite your tongue and continue to ask more questions. We talk about this a lot inside of our programs and we role play on it too right? and practice, okay? Number four, low ticket mistake. You make it about the money, okay? You make it about the money. As soon as you start thinking about what this sale Is going to do for you instead of the transformation the person is going to receive, you've lost the sale. You've broken rapport. The sale is gone. The sale is gone. People sense commission breath, they sense your desperation. You have to be at a place of serving and being okay with the fact that when the two of you get on the call, it may or may not be the right fit for you or them. This is not a do or die business, high ticket, right? So you want to be thinking about the impact you can make for this person. You need to be thinking about the transformation or the possibilities for them by working with you and leverage that excitement when you're on the phone with them, right? Right? Things you want to do. Okay, so we've talked about what not to do. Who wants to learn what to do? Who wants to learn what to do? If Una says, me. Okay, so number one, I want to say this. The goal of a consult is to get clarity, okay? The goal of a consult is to get clarity of, is this a yes or is this a no? I want you to come to the call with that mindset and that posture. The goal of the call, it's not all about the money. It's not about winning the sale, right? It's about gaining clarity for you and the client if this is a yes or if it's a no. The goal is not to manipulate people's ideas. The goal is not to manipulate where they are, right? It's just to see if it's a good fit or if it's the wrong fit, right? Okay, you guys write this down because this is really important. You cannot influence someone who's not open to your influence. You cannot influence someone who's not open to your influence. Why is that? There's some psychology behind it. They are pre-programmed to object to what you have to say. People know coming to a call that you're going to try to pitch them. And so they're pre-programmed that you're going to be pushy. They're concerned before they even get on the call that you're going to try to sell them. When people are on their defense, you can't sell them anyway. Does this make sense? What do you do when you go to the car lot and you're looking at cars? Like before you even talk to the sales guy, aren't you just like, "No, no, no, I'm just looking? Or you feel that way when you go into like, a retail store and they're like can we help you like no no right that's just what we do it's like don't sell me right I'm not open to be sold when I'm instantly like this right so what we're gonna talk about in a couple of minutes not right now in a little bit we're gonna talk about how we break that cycle crack the egg open and build rapport so that they are open okay it's a, it's we break the program okay? So a couple of things you do do in a sales call, okay? that's going to differentiate you from everyone. You actually, the first thing you can do is match their tone and their rate of speech with you. With you, yeah. Otherwise, you can immediately repel people. So I'll give you my own personal example. I tend to be super hypey. I tend to be really loud. If you end up on a phone call from me, you're turning the volume down. You're like, whoa, like she's so loud, right? My husband, my kids, they're always like, we know when you're working, mom, we can hear you. I'm so loud. I can't help it. I don't know why, I just am. And I got on a consult call with someone who was interested in her academy. And the moment the call started, she was very subdued. Her energy was a lot like different than mine. She was talking like this. She had a couple questions and believe it or not, I met her at her tone and I started asking her at a slower pace than my typical pace, what she thought, what were her experiences and her immediately, she goes, oh my gosh, like you're not nearly as like hypey as you you were on that workshop. That was like my biggest concern is like, is everybody that way? (laughs) She was like, I, I love the content and I need to learn LinkedIn, but your energy is like really overbearing. And I was like, that was one of my things is like, is every coach in here like you? <laughs> and I'm like, luckily do we know? We have a lot of certified coaches who are much more subdued and like, you know, not, not so hypey. Bottom line, she joined us and paid in full. Now, if I had jumped on that call, And just been the person I am, me and her in the call, no one else, do you think I would have closed the call? Or do you think I would have repelled her and probably helped convince her that it was the wrong fit because I didn't match her tone, I didn't match her pace of speech, right? These are golden nuggets for you guys to think about. Now, for those of you who are more quiet and subdued and you're now in a position of trying to sell, you know, same thing for you. If you're getting on the call with somebody like me, you better pick it up. Or you ain't selling me because I need your energy. Like I, I thrive on that. Right? I'm not investing in someone who can't match my energy. Right? <laughs> so you have to be. You have to be aware of the person on the call and what's their comfort zone and engagement. Okay. Number two, things to do. Number two, write things down. Write things down. Okay. What does this do? Well, one. It helps you actually vision cast and help close them in the end. You're writing their ideas down so that later you can reword their words and trigger their emotion and sell them on their own idea, which serves them, by the way. This is not being manipulative. It's understanding their pain points and serving them to them so you can serve them, right? So we have to write things down. When we write things down, also shows us that we care and that we're taking this seriously, right? That this is important. The last thing I want to talk about is for especially those of us, and again, this is something I pulled from Chris Kinney because he's a master of sales here, is over-connecting. Women can actually over-connect. They tend to do this a lot more than men. And that is when you get on the phone with someone that, you know, casually for whatever reason, if you're the one that's about to pitch a high ticket program or close them on something fairly expensive and you spend too much time in the pleasantries going back and forth about your nail polish and that outfit you wore yesterday and, you know, talking all things women, right? Then by the time you go to close There's this term called impression of increase. I learned this very early on. Impression of increase is where you have authority on the call. You have authority on the call, right? And when you start a call and spend the first 15 minutes catching up on all things that's not business, by the end of the call, the person is saying to themselves, Well, she's just like me. How can she help me? It's the perception, the impression of increase is the perception that this person can increase my life. And when we think we're on the phone with someone who's just like me, if they're just like me, how can they help me? It's all psychology. And so I constantly have to catch myself. I did it this morning. I had a consult for our Done For You program. And I adore and love this person. And I wanted to spend 20 minutes just getting into life with her and what was going on. Right? But I realized that wasn't going to serve her. And that she may end up thinking by the end, there was no perception of increase. So I had to jump straight to business as quickly as I could. And say, hey, I know we're both really busy. I'd love to catch up with you later on all things in life. But what I really want to do is in these next 15 minutes, really bang out like what it is that interests you in this program and how I can help you. Got to get straight to this. Guys are good at that. Girls, we're not so good, right? Now, this is a big one. Who knows the number one day of the week? What is the number one day of the week with the highest number? of transactions for high-ticket sales. What's the day of the week? I found this concept really interesting because I would have thought it'd be Fridays. You're like, oh, the week's over. Take my money. I'm ready, right? The reality is people have decision fatigue throughout the week. There's a reset over the weekend. We get decision fatigue every day, starting on Monday, from the moment we wake up and have to decide what to put on, from our eyeshadow color to our shoes. Maybe you have to dress three kids and pack their lunch boxes and decide on all of their food too and their snacks, mid-morning snack, mid-afternoon snack. And then you got to dial them to work and you got to make decisions for everybody else in your team. And that's just Monday, right? Okay. And then you do that over and over and over again. We become fatigued at making decisions. Studies show that people do not invest as nearly as frequently towards the end of the week as they do at the beginning on high ticket. Now, people do make mindless decisions about bad choices by the end of the week for little things like downing that gallon of ice cream on Friday night because your willpower is gone because you've made the decision to say no all week long and then you finally say yes to the ice cream. But people don't just finally say yes to a $20,000 program, right? They don't. What happens is people have a clear, fresh head on Mondays, and it's when they make their investment decisions, right? Because your head is fresh, right? You've got the rest of the week ahead of you. You haven't been making decisions all week. You've got a clear head for me to help you make clarity on whether it's the right decision or not. And you're going to feel a lot more confident about your investment when you make it at the beginning of the week. How many of you guys have had people on a Thursday or a Friday say, yeah, I'm really interested. I'll get back to you next week. And then they ghost you and you never see them again. Or they change their mind. They ghost you because they go home over the weekend with the mindset that's got them stuck where they are today. And they take that mindset into the weekend and make that decision about the investment with the broken mindset they have that's got them in the place they are today, right? So what I challenge you all to do, and this is something I coach my team to, as you're getting towards the end of the week, instead of trying to focus on closing people and getting on the phone with them, focus on booking your consult calls with them, making them commit before the end of the week to a call with you the following week. They're much less likely to ghost you next week if they've already committed to a consult call with you before the weekend is up. But if they haven't committed to a consult call with you before the week is up, they're going to take the mindset they currently have and they're going to continue to live in the past by making the same decisions they always have. And they're not going to invest in themselves. So it's super critical that we focus our energy as much as possible on trying to have our consult calls earlier in the week. It doesn't mean you don't close people towards the end of the week, but know that it's really smart to try to funnel all those conversations into Mondays and Tuesdays. Is this is this helpful, you guys? Is this making sense for you? Yeah? Okay. Two more things here. We talked about this in our mastermind and in our LinkedIn Academy the other day. It's never a money problem. You guys write that down. It's never a money problem. It's an asking problem. It's an asking problem. If there's no urgency, they will not buy. If there's no urgency, they will not buy. Your job is to help create urgency, to close the gap between decision and consequence through asking the right questions. In that process, you're helping them find their own ideas of pain, of inaction to create the sale. What do I mean by that? You're helping uncover what the future looks like if they don't take action. We're going to talk about this in a minute, okay? Their reasons for buying are not inside of you. They're inside of them. Many times, if you ask them the right questions, they'll come up with reasons for buying that you would have never fathomed. Have you guys ever had anybody invest for a reason that just blew your mind? You had no idea that was why they were investing, right? But we have to find it inside of them. We have to find it inside of them, okay? It's never a money problem. We have people take money out of their 401ks to invest in our mastermind. It is never a money problem. If you can help, this person solve a problem that's going to create a solution that's going to change their life. They will find the money. They will find the money. It's an ASCII problem. All right. So with that, it's been fun, guys. I wish you guys the best, and I'll look forward to seeing some of you guys on clarity calls. All right, bye bye. Thanks, guys, so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. And I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word UPDATE to 704-318-2285 that is text the word UPDATE to 704-318-2285. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.